I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today on episode 92, I'm going to talk about one aspect of spiritual leadership, having a different spirit. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. One of the things I pray about every day is raising up 10 evangelists in the next 10 10 years and raising up 10 women's ministry leaders through my wife, Pam. I want to plant 10 churches. I want to see the kingdom of God grow and expand and flourish. And one of the ways that I'm working on that is I've got a group of young men that I call the Magnificent Seven. Now, this title comes from a movie back in the 60s, and I think there's been a remake in 2016. But it's about these men, people like Steve McQueen and Yul Brynner, who protect a small town that's harassed by a group of bandits. And it's actually based on a Japanese story called The Seven Samurai. And I love it because I, I just love these guys. And they're, they're growers. They want to grow. They want to lead. And one of the things that I'm, I really want to work with them is how to become a spiritual leader. What are the components for spiritual leadership? And specifically, how to have the heart of an evangelist. One of them is Brian Mackey. And he's going to be planting a church in Flagstaff, Arizona. And so I'm working with him on how to have that heart, how to become an evangelist. And so I'm putting together different lessons. And today I want to share about having a different spirit. In Numbers chapter 14, in verse 22, God says this. In the incident about the spies going into the land, he says, Not one of those who saw my glory in the signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times. Not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to see to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Numbers 14, 22 through 24. Twelve tribal leaders went in and scouted the promised land. They all saw the same things. There was an abundance of fruit and a prosperous land. At the same time, there were many enemies prepared to defend against invasion. All twelve leaders saw both the prosperity and the price of achieving it. However, only two ever made it all the way in to see God fulfill his promise to give his people the land. Caleb and Joshua had a different spirit. The other ten leaders were cut down on the spot for their faithlessness and fear. The rest of the people who listened to them and agitated to return to slavery in Egypt were condemned to wander for 40 years until their bodies littered the desert. Now, they were forgiven for their sin. You can read about that in Numbers 14.20. But 
They never saw the promised land. Only those two men and the children of that generation successfully made the journey. Isn't that amazing? Just think about that. Out of all the thousands of people, only those two guys out of that generation made it. If you want to become a spiritual leader, you need to have a different spirit. Most people, and even most leaders, won't ever live to see God's plan for their lives fully realized. Many start strong and then falter when times of testing come. You must decide to have the spirit of Caleb, a different spirit. What did God see in Caleb? What made him different? Let's find out and learn. First of all, Caleb had a can-do spirit. He had a can-do spirit. In Numbers 13.30, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. He had an attitude that said, We can do this, guys. When the other leaders were saying, We cannot do it. We can't do it. No way. There's giants out there. He was saying, We can do it. And I don't know where you are at in the world, but there's a lot of discouraging things out there. There's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of challenges against the gospel and against life in general. And there are many people that are super negative. And there are many people that are, are disciples even who are just very negative and, and it, it's unfortunate. But you have to have a different spirit that says, we can do it. We can certainly do it. I remember when we lived in Japan, we had a leaders meeting one evening and Frank Kim, who was leading the church, was going to Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam to plant a church there. I believe this was the summer of 1994. I could be wrong. And Frank asked me, he said, I'd like to ask you to lead the church while I'm gone. He was going to be gone for a month. It was July of that year. And I was thrilled. I was so pumped up. Now, I didn't speak Japanese very well, but I was super excited that, you know, he's asking me to, to lead the church. But I sensed something funny from him. I sensed some hesitation, some weird body language, some weird vibe he was sending off. So I asked him about it. I said, Frank, is there anything else? You seem, seems like there's something else. And he just said, I'm just wondering if you have what it takes to do it. <laughs> it was something like that. And I just was shocked. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh. He's got doubts about whether I can do it or not. And I don't normally get really upset or angry. I, I, I certainly didn't say anything to him at that time. But on the walk back home, because we lived fairly close, we, walked about a, we lived about a mile away. And I was just so mad. I was so humiliated and challenged. And I just remember thinking, we're going to do it. This is going to go great. And I just took it as a challenge. And my wife, she got an earful that night. But the amazing thing was, is that that summer of July 1994, the church in Tokyo had 31 baptisms in 31 days. It was awesome. And I think it's because I just decided we can certainly do it. I was reading numbers at the time, and I just remember thinking, we can do this. Now, did I speak Japanese well? No way. <laughs> no way. Did I, did I have, you know... The knowledge of the, of the culture? No. But I knew we could do it. I knew God could do it. And I don't even know if Frank even remembers that conversation. He probably doesn't. And he probably doesn't even view it the same way I view it. But I'll tell you what, it lit a fire in me. 
And it was exactly what I needed at the time to just dig deep and go, okay, let's see what can happen. And God did it. He just totally came through. You need a can-do spirit. There needs to be a spirit that says, when you're facing challenges, you just, you just get more fired up. You just get more excited about what God can show. And coming out of COVID, there's a lot of discouraging things that can rob you of your faith and your joy. But you've got to say, we can certainly do it. We can definitely do it. Our church can grow. My Bible talk can grow. My ministry can grow. I can meet someone who's open. We can certainly do it. Second thing about Caleb that was different, he had a bias toward action. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land. When other people were running away, Caleb was running toward the challenge. He said, we should go up right now and just take possession of the land because we can do it. He was actionable. He didn't want to just have another council or another meeting. He said, let's go up and take it. We can do it. You've got to be action-oriented. You've got to be doing things. You've got to be sharing your faith right now. You've got to be just going, okay, what can I do? I'm going to do it. We're going to, we're going to see amazing things happen. Caleb could see the opportunities in a new situation. This is the third thing that made him different. Joshua, in Numbers 14, verse 6, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. When they looked at the land, yes, they knew there were giants. They, they recognized and acknowledged there will be challenges. There will be obstacles. But they also spotted all the opportunities. They said the land we possess, we pass through and explore is exceedingly good. They were fired up. And this is an attitude that spiritual leaders need to have. Is You've got to see the greatness in the challenge. And as we look forward, this attitude of faith, to see opportunities when other people are just seeing problems and, and negativity and they're down and they believe, oh my gosh, you know, the, this is just going down the drain and things aren't going well and people are leaving and all that stuff. Listen, I believe the gospel is going to flourish and grow. God is going to open up opportunities. Even as things start to get crazy, God is going to use those challenges to call people to him. Do you see the opportunities in this new environment? Caleb had that different spirit, and you need to have that spirit too. Let's keep reading here. Let's fast forward 45 years, and let's go to Joshua 14, verse 6. Joshua 14, verse 6. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you've followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the wilderness, so here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then 
that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. What do we see here? Caleb believed God was with him. Where was his strength? It was totally in God. He said, the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. You need to believe that God is with you. God is helping you. God is guiding you. God is for you. And if he's for you, nothing, no one can be against you. There needs to be that spirit that says, even if there's giants in your way, if God is with you, we can take them on. And that's another thing that's so different about Caleb. He believed God was bigger than any giants they faced. The one thing you need to be thinking about is how big is God? Don't get focused on how big your problems are, how big the challenges are, how unopened people seem to be, or how challenging it is to meet people, or how tough it is these days. Is God bigger than those problems? Absolutely. Jesus created and spoke this world into existence. There is no giant you're facing that Jesus cannot overtake, that he can't conquer through you. What else about Caleb? He was wholehearted. In Numbers 14, 24, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. I love this passage. And, it, and it, it, what's so awesome about it is that God, God just radiates pride and joy when he's talking about Caleb. And you just can kind of see him just going, look at my servant Caleb is different. He's not like everybody else. He follows me wholeheartedly. He's all in. And God just blesses him and says, listen, this, this guy, he's going to get his inheritance and his descendants after him. And Caleb refers to that. And he says, on that day, Moses swore to me, the land in which you've, your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. God loves it. You know, I love that passage in Numbers where it says the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to find those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And that's what he's looking for. God is looking for people who are absolutely wholehearted. An evangelist, a leader in the church, a Bible talk leader, a spiritual leader, man or woman, is wholehearted. You know, it's so tempting to allow wealth or this or that or all these different things to dilute your passion for Christ. And that's what makes Caleb so different. If you, if you want to be a spiritual leader, you've got to go all in. And, and that means whether you're getting paid for it or not. It just means, hey, I am all about God. Related to that, what made him unique and different, he had a different spirit because his faith only grew stronger as he grew older. I want to talk to you if you're older. Some of you are like me in your 50s, maybe 60s, 40s, 30s, okay? He was fired up in his 40s. Now, we think we might think of that as like, ooh, middle age. But he, he was even more fired up at 85. He says, I'm still as vigorous as I was then. He said, give me that land. I'm going to go take on those Anakites. Don't you want to be that way? I think about George Gerganis. He planted a church in Japan in the 50s. He got it going. He returned to teach. And then he retired in the 70s. He had a, had a nice lake cabin in Missouri overlooking the water. 
And when the Boston movement started in the 80s, he, he went and he, he, he rekindled his heart for the passion for the movement. He said, listen, I don't want to retire. I want to continue to reach Japan. And so he went back and he was still the board president of the church back in Japan and, and the church had dwindled. But he helped rekindle a new planting and he was there for the last few years of his life helping Frank Kim and Erica Kim get that church started. He had that different spirit. He wasn't just like, okay, I'm going to let the younger guys do it. He was out there sharing his faith in his 70s. And God totally blessed him. He's an amazing man of God. Are you getting stronger as you're getting older? I'm concerned about some of my friends and acquaintances who are, who are drifting. They're losing their passion. They're becoming cynical. Don't let that happen to you. You need to get stronger. If you're in your 30s or 40s or you're in the pressure cooker years with kids, your passion needs to deepen. You need to get more passionate about God because you can be used well into your 70s and 80s, just like Caleb was. I think about it when I'm, I'm 55 now and I go, when I'm 85, I want to be able to say exactly what Caleb said. I'm still just as vigorous as I was then. I am more fired up. I'm closer to heaven than ever, and I'm more fired up than ever. Finally, Caleb took time to raise up men like him, men with a different spirit. Remember, is his name Othniel, the first judge? The first judge of Israel was Caleb's son-in-law. And he gave him a challenge. He said, whoever takes this hill, I'm going to give him the springs of water. And that became the first judge. People with a different spirit raise up other people with a different spirit. It's contagious. Who are you training? Who are you raising up? I love working with young men. My wife loves working with young women to train them up. But you have to have that different spirit because that's what people look to. They, they, they sense it from you. They sense the excitement. You know, Caleb, he took God's promises seriously. And he ended up receiving an incredible inheritance. I want to just talk to you today because maybe you're in a discouraging situation. You go, what, what difference can I make? Listen, you can make a huge difference. Absolutely. And think about Caleb. There's no full book written about him. doesn't have like the book of Joshua, whole books written about him. But 3,000 years later, we're still reading about this one guy who was wholehearted toward God and he had a different spirit. When you become wholehearted and when you have that different spirit, it inspires people and it'll inspire people for years. I hope that you today make a decision that you're going to be a spiritual leader because you have a different spirit. You're wholehearted toward God. Thank you so much for listening to the Rob Skinner podcast. Now, if you're enjoying this podcast, let me ask you a favor. Please hit that subscribe button. And then let your friends know about it and how to find it. Let your church friends know and please spread the word. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count. <laughs>